Hello everyone, welcome and a welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your one and only host, Monica, and today we are going to be talking about the show Secession. Secession is an American show, it is on HBO, and it is created by Jesse Armstrong, and honestly it's one of the best shows I've watched in a long time. A lot of people regard it as a drama, but I look at it more as like a black comedy or a satire And it's really great. It's a show that centers around the Roy family. The Roy family, they are the owners of Waystar Rayco, a global media and hospitality empire. And the show covers the family fighting over control over the company amidst the uncertainty about the death of the family's patriarch, Logan Roy. Now, the show premiered June 3rd 2018 and recently I rewatched the show and that's why I'm talking about the show and if, if this is your first time listening to the podcast hi my name is Monica this is a podcast where I talk about tvs and movie sh- <laughs> I was gonna say tv and movie shows because I don't know how to talk but this is a podcast where I talk about tv shows and movies now this isn't a podcast that like is a review podcast. I'm not someone who's that smart when it comes to media or film reviews. This isn't a podcast where I like give you like track by track everything in order. I'm just gonna talk about a show or a movie that I really like and I'm just gonna ramble on and tell you what I feel about it, tell you what I think, talk about the characters and you know if you would like to watch it that's awesome. Just be warned that there will probably be spoilers because I have watched both seasons and I'm going to tell you all about it. Now this isn't going to be a very concise review. This isn't going to be a review where I go like point by point within the season. I might jump around to different characters and just rant a little bit. But if you like this podcast and if you think it's interesting, you know, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and let's get into it. So Secession received a lot of critical acclaim which it deserves because it's an amazing show and Jesse Armstrong when he was this show was created from a script he wrote for the Murdoch family and the Roy family in the show they aren't like a real family but they're basically like a fictionalized family that reflects rich families around the world like the Murdoch family and like you could see similarities with the family like through the Trump family, which is the first one that comes to mind. And the show isn't like strictly drama, like there are very dramatic things that happen within the show, but it is a lot of comedy. There are like witty snapbacks that the characters have between each other. And the show is also like a dark satire on big business and like controversial families and what the American dream has become. And the one thing I love about the show is that you see like how rich these people are but they're so rich that it doesn't even like cross their mind how rich they are and it's crazy to me as someone who just like lives a normal life seeing how much money they have and how like they just hop on like helicopters just to go to like play a baseball field and like some random uh in the middle of a field like it's amazing the lives that they live and i also love the show so much because with the production values. Watching the show, it's like watching a documentary. It's really cool with like the wide lens and like when they zoom in and like they fade in and out of other people. And I really love watching the show because of the cinematography and how beautiful it is. It is an amazing show that shows the exploration of people in power and how cunning they be and how conniving they can be. So, yes. Let's start with the first season. So, Let's start with the characters actually before I get into it. So they 
the first character is Logan Roy. Logan Roy is the father of this whole family. You know, he is in charge and he is about to step down and he wants to name someone else to be in charge of the company. That's how the season starts in season one. And supposedly it was supposed to be Kendall. You know, he has four children. Um, his oldest one is Connor. And he's Connor's basically like removed from the whole family business. He lives on a ranch in like Arizona somewhere and he just like does whatever. And then there is Kendall, the second oldest. Kendall is honestly like, Kendall is, a, is like the the favorite, I think. The favorite of Logan, but also like many people love Kendall when they watch the show. And honestly, I don't really have a favorite character of the show because I'm very aware of how rich these people are. And I feel like when the show first came out, people were trying to find like the good person, the bad person. They were trying to find like the person to root for. And honestly, like they're all just kind of bad. They're all bad people in their own ways. You know, it's hard to find someone to root for. But you don't have to root for them because the show doesn't really glorify rich people or what it is to be like seriously wealthy and at the top of the food pyramid. This show shows you how these people aren't that great. They're kind of bad and how the way that they act and the way that they see the world isn't awesome. One way... Okay. So one thing I really liked about the show is that a lot of people love... Um, People like to glorify their rich and famous, you know, they're envious of them and the lifestyles they live and the cars that they have and the stupid things that they buy and the paintings they have in their house, you know, they, lots of people want to be like very rich and have big houses with lots of homes. And sure, I would love to like move out of my parents' house one day and have a big house with lots of houses, homes in it, but this show really shows you who these people are, even though it's like a fascinating family drama it's also a look into the corporate world and who these people really are and how they act. Because a lot of times when you look at the corporate world, you're not really a part of it. At least I'm not a part of it. I don't know what's like on the inside of it. When you're watching this show, you really see who these people are and the layers and complexities that they have with their relationship with one another, their relationships within the family and their relationships with the people that they work with. Because it must be hard to do things with family. Like I know it's hard to work with family sometimes, but when you have to work with family and you guys are so rich and you know there are people who backstab you at any point, at any turn of your business, it makes it even more difficult. And it obviously must be difficult for Logan Roy because his children are so rich and he wants his kids to be a part of the company and be part of the business. But in season one, Kendall wants to take over Roman, who is the youngest he just wants to like kind of live his life and he's in charge of this entertainment studio at some point but he gets kicked out of that so now he's trying to get back into family business and then Siobhan who is the only girl she's into politics and she is working for a presidential candidate who hates her father so all these siblings have different motivations and different goals and of course the father wants them to be part of the business but he still wants to be part of business in a way that he can control them because he loves his family, he loves his kids, but he's sometimes very authoritarian. You know, he tries to take control. And you can see that the kids have been greatly affected by the way that their father has raised them. You know, Connor is just like off in the wind. He just does whatever he wants to. But he he thinks he's a free spirit. But this guy is so delusional and stupid. And he wastes his money and he just acts like it grows on trees and he doesn't really see the world because he lives inside this privileged little bubble and it makes him act like an idiot. 
There's Kendall who is power hungry and ambitious to the point where he almost hurts his family and then he is pulled back in and then he kind of becomes his dad's puppet because Kendall could be a great leader. He could be very strong and like smart, but he has no backbone. He's so insecure and shaky and he has a drug problem. So that makes him susceptible to his father's brainwashing and it makes him vulnerable and he can't stand on his own two feet. And then there's Roman who doesn't, who's never learned any consequences for his actions. He just lives his life any way he can. He is just vicarious in all that he does and he's just kind of all over the place, you know? And then there's Shiv. Shiv is smart. Shiv is successful. Shiv is a political fixer. And she's, oh, I think Shiv is the youngest child. Oh, my bad. Shiv is the youngest child. Wait, yeah. Roman is the youngest son. Shiv is the youngest kid. And she's smart and she is amazing. In the first season, I think she's really cool. And in the second season, homegirl kind of like jumps the gun sometimes or jumps to conclusions and she gets a big head a lot of times and I feel like Shiv is a lot like her father except that her father doesn't really take her seriously because she is the only girl and I feel like if Shiv had the chance she could really run the company in a really smart strategic way but people keep underestimating her and she just shows that it's wrong for people to underestimate her she's amazing like Shiv is really great and she's <coughs> excuse me I'm so sorry Okay, she's very politically savvy in the way that she works. So, yeah, I really do like the show. It's amazing. Another great thing about the show are the insults that they throw back at each other. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's amazing how they undercut each other and they pinpoint the um, the insecurities that someone may have and they tear each other down bit by bit. It's kind of like being in middle school and having people like, yell at you and be mean or rude to you but it's different here because Logan will like undercut his children and be mean and be rude to them and then he'll back it up with like you know I love you I'm here for you all that stuff because words don't really have meaning in this world you know they constantly are rude and mean to one another and they hurt the people that they work with because the people that they work with aren't going to stand up for themselves. They aren't going to tell them, no, you can't speak to me that way. I deserve respect because you're working for someone who's rich and powerful and who could take your life down and destroy you. So of course you take the verbal abuse because what else are you going to do? You have a job with someone who's very rich and powerful. You're just going to shut up and take it because that's just how it is. <coughs> excuse me. They always undercut excuse me, each other and... The thing is about words is that they have so much meaning in the show, but at the same time, they can take away the meaning of the words so often. And because their dad was probably really strict with them when they were young and very much someone who wasn't all lovey-dovey and all hugs and everything, they don't really see sincerity as an honest thing. You know, in season two, Kendall, he, uh, he goes to rehab because in season one, something very drastic. You know what? I said there are going to be spoilers, so I'm going to give you all spoilers because I don't care. Basically, season one, Kendall wants to take control of the company and his dad says no. And his dad says he's going to stay on for a couple more years. And Kendall's upset by that. And so his dad's basically like, well, I don't care. You were in rehab. You were all coked out and you're divorced now. So what makes you think I'm going to let you take, go take control of the company? So instead, dad, he tries to, Kendall tries to vote his dad out 
with the board. And Kendall works so hard to get all the board members on his side. He flies to another board member to try to convince her to be on his side. And then he gets stuck in traffic. So when the board vote is happening, he's not even there, right? And now he's literally running through traffic trying to get everybody to vote him out. But when people are trying to vote, when you try to vote someone out and they're in the room, of course everyone's going to backpedal and lie and just be like, uh, yeah, you know, I think Logan should stay on. And then Kendall is out on his own in the wind and he looks like an idiot right and so then Roman is brought in as COO and then Kendall decides that he is going to take his family out of the company altogether and then just by he's going to do a bear hug which I don't really know like I know I have like I have some notes here that I should probably look at while I'm reviewing this but um he essentially tries to like take his um, take the company out from under his family. Wait a minute. A bear hug is a takeover in the purchase of one company by another. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I'm an idiot. So, he tries to do that, and this all happens at Shiv's wedding, which is such tea. Like, oh my gosh, why would you do this? And obviously, like, Kendall's upset at his dad for not letting him take over the company, but the fact that you want to buy, you know, a share of Roy, Waystar Royco for half a billion, that you're so vengeful, that you do, he's so vengeful, he does this just so he could be CEO. Like, he wants to screw over his family just so he could be at the top of the game, because his dad won't let him, because his dad isn't going to step in for another, step out for another five years. I remember there was an episode in season one where um, episode season, episode season one, episode one, season one, uh, Logan has a heart attack or has like a brain hemorrhage and the family is just in the hospital and they're all figuring out what to do next. And so then the people from the company come in and they're trying to figure out who's going to take over. And then it's just that look of how like, oh yeah, we're really sad that our dad is like almost on his deathbed. But, you know, who's going to take control of the company? Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to get all the money? Who's going to be CEO? You know, it shows that, like, they don't really care about each other and they don't really love each other. And it's kind of disappointing, you know, this thought of, like, who is the most worthy to take control of the company? It's hard to do business with family. It's hard to do business in general because corporate, the corporate world is so ruthless and, like, um, it's so ruthless. Like, you will get, your your throat will get cut. Um, it's so throat, throat cut, cutthroat, yeah. The corporate world is so cutthroat, I can't even talk today. And it's hard to, like, stay on top of the cut. It's hard to be at the top unless you knock some people down. And if you're working with your family, of course, you're going to knock them down. But the fact that their dad is literally dying in the next room and they're trying to figure out who is going to take over the company, it doesn't make me sympathetic with these people because they're selfish and conniving and they're awful. They're terrible. The fact that you're more concerned about who's going to get the most money when your dad could pass away at any moment, it's disgusting. And there's this sense of paranoia, you know, like their dad is fine, you know, and continuing on in the seasoning, in the seasoning, in the season, um, their dad wants to like buy small uh, TV stations and newspapers because he wants to control the news and he wants to be the biggest media conglomerate in the world. That's what he wants. And, uh, it shows you who Logan Roy is. You know, Logan Roy is a man 
who talks about how he came up from nothing. But obviously he didn't come up from nothing. He had to have some kind of money and some kind of like wealth. And he's brash and he's arrogant. And he wants his family to be connected with the company. But when each of his kids are vying for a prominence within the company in some way throughout the show, except for Connor, because Connor's just some random idiot who lives in Arizona on a ranch with his girlfriend, it has to, like, it has to disappoint him, but also make him proud in a way. You know, I don't know. I feel like it's, it would be weird to have someone like that as your dad and to grow up with that because it would explain a lot of the problems these kids have you know, like with Roman. Roman is someone who is brash. He's stupid. He just does things to like kind of piss people off. And of course he wants to be taken seriously. At some point he wants to like really take control of the company or show his dad that he can do something. He's not just an idiot. And I think Roman is smart and he could show a lot of drive, but he's immature and he doesn't take things, he doesn't take his responsibilities seriously. And there is one point where he could get in real big trouble, like at the end of season, at the end of season one with the rocket. But everything turns out fine. And honestly, I feel like maybe someone should have died with the rocket launch. You know, it would make sense that someone died because Roman pushed the rocket launch just so it could be on Shiv's wedding day, as like some kind of nice gesture. But it's ridiculous, and I feel like Roman should have been you know, should have had to dealt with the consequences of that in some kind of way, but he doesn't really, and I understand that, um, these are characters, like, they're not real people, but they represent real people, you know, there are men and women, like Roman, who just, like, live their life, and they're super rich, and they never have to really think about what, they never have to really think about the consequences of their actions, because they never had to deal with the consequences of their actions, and that's kind of, like, the dark side of wealth, and it shows, and I feel like, Roman is a good, like, indicator of the dark side of wealth. Someone who just, like, lives their life and just does whatever they want and doesn't really care about anything else. And there's Siobhan. I really like Siobhan. I think she's great. She's very smart and she's... I find her kind of relatable, but Siobhan also, like, reminds me of Ivanka Trump. You know, like, the smart, well-spoken daughter of a rich man and how a lot of things that she gets in her life is through nepotism. And even though Siobhan works hard in the political sense, I um, I did find it interesting like how after she quit working with Gil, because she, <clears throat> she basically was like, who was she? She was working for presidential candidate um, Gil Evis, right? And Evis, he's very different from her father in his political views. And Kit, what was I going to say, Candace? Her name's not Candace. What was I going to say? Uh, Shiv. Shivon knows this. But at the end of season one, she, she quits working for him. And so now she is focusing on being part of the company. And then her dad brings up to her that he would like her to take control of the company. And it's really great. And I think it's awesome. And I think that she would have been good for that role. However, however, uh, Homegirl 
announces pretty early that she is going she, she has been chosen to take over Raystar because her dad in season two was planning on buying um what was it? A different she was her dad was planning on buying PGM, which is basically like another T V channel conglomerate within that world that is politically opposite of ATN, which is Waystar's very popular TV show that's supposed to be reflective of Fox News, obviously. And because she announced that a bit early, she's kind of been butted out, and then there's someone else brought in, and then she gets upset that someone else is brought in, so then she makes a plot to undercut this person's arrival into the company, and then that person leaves. And even though they're all bad people, I'm not gonna lie, I would have done the same thing. Like, I would have done the same thing if that was me because Shiv really, even though Shiv like separated herself from the plot, she separated herself from all the messiness that happened in being part of the company and she wanted to kind of like be her own person and live her own, have her own career. When she was brought back in, she liked the power. She liked being close to the power. And maybe that's why she started working with Senator Gil Evis. Because even though Gil Evis is very much opposed to her father and ATN, she wanted to be close to the power, the power of the hill. And she knew that working with Senator Evis and getting him elected would probably um, make her like his chief of staff or something like that. And she was willing to do that, but when that didn't work out she went to her dad and she wanted to be you know she wanted to be head of the company she wanted to be the ceo and then logan decided that that's just not it's not it's not going to be her and instead he chose raya jarrell uh someone who used to work for pierce the pierce group the pierce group media i think it was and, um, then Rhea's out. And I find it interesting, like, Rhea Jarrell. I liked Rhea. I thought she was kind of cool to bring in. Um, I thought it was sneaky that, like, Rhea and Logan obviously, like, kind of, like, did the dirty together. And Marsha didn't care. Like, Marsha was just upset that Logan didn't keep her in the loop. But Marsha didn't care that she that Rhea and Logan slept together because Marsha knows that she's here to stay. And also, I really like Marsha because Marsha's very mysterious. She has a lot of intrigue about her. You know, we don't know a lot about Marsha. She's like, I think that she's Logan's um third wife. But she's always by his side. She's always next to him. She, like, always wants to be kept in the loop. And she knows when things are going on. She is, like, a little sneaky. But she's not that sneaky. And... Even though, like, some of the kids don't like Marsha, as you can tell. If you if you remember, like, episode one, when um, Logan said that he wants Marsha to take over for him when he inevitably steps down. And, uh, what was it? She, he wants her, and he wanted her his kids to sign the papers so that she would have double voting power. And the kids didn't like that, but... I like Marsha. I don't care that the kids don't trust her because she's sneaky and like she's lived this mysterious life and I feel like that makes her like, you know, you know, I gotta keep you gotta keep your eye out for her. But yeah. Um 
let's talk about some other characters in the show. There is Tom Womp Wompscans, who is Shiv's husband, and Tom is an idiot. Tom is so annoying, and he talks too much, and I don't like him. And he tries way too hard all the time, and it just makes him like it's just hard to respect him, you know. And like he always rags on Greg. Greg is um, their cousin. Greg, I think he's like he's the grandson of Logan's brother, and Logan's Logan and Logan's brother they don't talk like at all, and. uh... Greg goes to live with the family at the beginning of season one, and he still lives with them. And he's he's an okay guy. He's just kind of an idiot, and like he kind of doesn't know what he's doing. But at the same time, he does know what he's doing. Like the kid seems really dumb, but he's actually kind of smart. And Tom is always like ragging on him about stuff. But honestly, Greg is so much better than Tom in so many ways. And Tom's just like an insecure man who has married into one of the biggest families of America and yet Tom doesn't have a backbone to stand on like he can't say anything to Logan without stumbling over his words every five seconds but he can rag on Greg without even thinking without even blinking and like at the end of the day I feel like Greg is just better than Tom you may disagree with me on that but like I like Greg and also I have to say um who is it? Nicholas Braun? Nicholas Braun is so good playing Greg Hirsch. He's hilarious. Oh, he's Logan's grandnephew. Yes, and the grandson of Ewan Roy. Ewan? Ewan. Ewan? Ewan. E-W-A-N. Ewan. Never mind. Yeah, Greg, like, has no idea what he's doing, because obviously he's lived, like, this normal life, and now he's, like, been put into the world of, like, the rich and famous, and he has, he kind of doesn't understand how to navigate this world, but he's done really great and I'm proud of Greg and I feel like he has some steps to go but if he just like sticks with his guns and grows a backbone I feel like this kid will do really good things so yeah I mean that's those are the characters and the last thing I want to say about this show is that it's so smart and interesting and I feel like it's so well written and really is like one of the best new shows. I feel like the character dynamics that are on display throughout each season are amazing and every single episode is a work of art. Like every single episode is like an amazing movie that you have to watch. The show definitely deserves all the awards it's gotten. The writers and the executive producers of the show are amazing. Also the actors are really great. And I really love each and every character. You know, um, Kendall, he just wants to, like, I feel like Kendall just wants to get by. You know, in season one, Kendall is this guy who, like, listens to rap music and he's clean. And he wants to take control of the company, but his ambition takes control of his brain. And he, instead of, like, taking, instead of, like, being the man and being the top boss, he basically undercuts his family out of their money and he just does what's best for him. He becomes very selfish. But I remember in like in the at the end of season one, he basically drags every one of his siblings and they deserve it because he's right about each one of his siblings. You know, I love Siobhan Roy. She's great, but because she's been raised by a father who constantly like 
undercuts his children and doesn't really know how to communicate, she has no idea how to really, like, open up to people. And they're very guarded because their dad is always lying to them, you know? She marries Tom, who is a doofus, in my opinion, but he loves her. He really wants to be with her. But she doesn't know how to reciprocate that love and that affection. So instead, she cheats on him before they even get married with some random guy that she used to go to high school with. They used to go to college with, I think. And that guy also works with Gil Evis. And she proposes on their wedding night that they have an open marriage because she doesn't know how to just be with one person and be honest and sincere with one person. And that all blows up in her face at the end of season two because Tom has been dealing with like cover-ups in the company or like cruise lines and stuff and he's been trying to sort his dominance in the company but really like he just wants to be with his wife he wants to love his wife he wants to be with her he doesn't want an open marriage she wants a monogamous monogamous relationship and he tells her at the end of season two that maybe the sad i feel would be less sad if i wasn't with you you know just putting his foot down saying that i only want to be with you i don't want other people and if this this like this this agreement isn't working you know this arrangement isn't working with me so I feel like hopefully next season Siobhan and Tom maybe they have therapy and she can like really like get down to the nitty-gritty and just talk to him because it's hard to be honest in this show you know everybody in the show there there's always like a hidden motive you know whenever someone's like sincere with whenever one character is is sincere with another one there's always like something behind it's always something disguised behind the honesty and the vulnerability because why would you open yourself up to someone unless you're willing to strike them down the second they open up to you as well you know they're always stabbing each other in the back and they're so used to like promises being made today and gone tomorrow you know They'll use the truth to their advantage, but not just to tell the truth and just be honest with people. It's just easier to lie. And Logan lies to his kids all the time. You know, in season two, he literally slaps Roman in the face. And then him and Roman are in the car later in the episode. He's like, you know, I don't think if they make contact. And then Roman's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Like, he's so used to creating this second reality, which is very evident in the show he has, ATN. He has, he's so used to making this second reality, this different reality, than the one that we all live in, that his kids will live there as well because that's the only thing they know, that's the only thing they're comfortable with because they don't want to see what's right in front of them and they're too scared to be honest. You know, uh, when Kendall, at the end of season one, Kendall, he successfully was able to deliver the bear hug to his dad, to his face, and he's ready to take over the company, but at the end of the wedding night, uh, he meets up with a caterer and they drive to get some cocaine because he fell off the wagon and there's a deer there's a deer in the middle of the road and then Kendall tries to swerve to miss the deer and they drive it to a lake Kendall was able to get out of the car but the kid died so Logan obviously finds out about this and he says that he needs he tells Kendall to shut it all down so that Kendall doesn't become the rich boy that killed a kid and you know ends up destroying his life and Kendall, of course, agrees to it and decides to do whatever his dad asks because he's so grateful that he doesn't have to go to jail. But Kendall cannot deal with the lie. He cannot deal with the guilt and the emotional burden. And he wants to open up. He wants to tell the truth. He wants to confess his sins. You know, he wants to be free of it. But 
Logan doesn't want to because Logan wants his son by his side. By his side. He loves his side. He loves Kendall. He wants his son next to him. He doesn't want him to go to jail. And at the end of the day, you know, Logan loves his kids, but he wants to control his kids. You know, obviously you would want to protect your child if they had done something horrible, but Logan wants to do it to the point where, like, he simply can't let his... It's just, you know, it's kind of crazy. And you can see that Kendall has really changed because of what he's done. And at the end of season two, I feel like Kendall really should have done that. Like, I feel like that's what Logan deserves. And the decision that Kendall makes in the end of season two is a, is phenomenal. And I'm excited for season three. I know that they were supposed to be filming it in April, but obviously that has been, like, uh, held off on because of Corona. But uh, I'm very excited to see what happens next. So, yeah. Okay. So... Anything else I want to say? Um, honestly, that's it. That's all I want to say about the show. It's really awesome. If you guys ever get the chance to watch it, you know, take some time to definitely like check it out. It's it's amazing. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Here's What I Think. If you would like to hear some more episodes, feel free to subscribe on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please let me know any TV shows or movies that you would like for me to talk about, any recommendations that you have. There will be another episode coming out on Wednesday. I'm so sorry that this episode is going to come out super late. I, and I'm so sorry that Wednesday's episode came out on Saturday. That was my bad. The audio was being weird and it wasn't working and I tried to edit and it took a couple days and I'm really sorry about that but I'll be sure to try and be on top of these uploads from now on. I hope you really like this episode and you know uh feel free to subscribe on Spotify. All right that's it. Thank you so much for listening and stay blessed.